Hello and welcome to Impactability, the Nonprofit Leaders Podcast. This is a show that explores the landscape of the nonprofit organization, big and small, offers some incredibly helpful information and resources, and gives nonprofits a place to share ideas and get advice. I'm your host, Joe Turner. Our show is sponsored by Sukup Strategic Solutions, offering a wide variety of services to help nonprofits maximize their impact. So let's get into solving the problems that might be plaguing your nonprofit. Today's show is going to be exceptional, and the reason I can say that is because we have one of the best in the business, Dr. Lou Trena. He has served in public and private nonprofit enterprises for more than 27 years and is an expert in the field of major gifts. Now, Lou has led several major gift campaigns for Florida Southwestern State College, Hodges University, the Diocese of Venice. His passion for fundraising serves as a vehicle for enhancing the presence of nonprofits and allowing organizations to achieve their missions. Now, in addition to his fundraising expertise, he is an experienced administrator and effective community leader. Lou holds a doctorate in education from Columbia University. In his current role as a nonprofit consultant, he specializes in board and foundation governance, advancement development, collaborative leadership, investment giving, and organizational leadership, and I've known him a long, long time. Dr. Trina, we are honored to have you as our guest today. Yeah, it's really nice being here, and I thank you for that really nice introduction a little bit over the top (laughs) well much deserved my friend so listen uh, this is a heavy topic and i know a lot of our listeners are just going to be riveted by this entire discussion let's get right into it today we're talking about the case statement kick it off by saying what is a case statement joe a a case statement describes a problem or issue um, the nonprofit organization is trying to solve on behalf of the community but can also be you know beyond the community it could be statewide or it could be a normative national condition that the case statement is addressing. And it needs to be compelling and it needs to be able to tell families, individuals, foundations that are considering supporting the organization that there's sufficient evidence that a problem does exist and they have a solution to providing a service that really targets that problem is addressing that problem uh, that they're looking to solve. What causes the case statement to change? I think the one area that what I've seen over the years, what's missing, I think a lot of times in the case statements is um, the problem statement. Any research that you do, whether it's qualitative or quantitative research, you always start with a problem statement. And you want to make sure that the problem statement has evidence that supports the statement from really good sources. Problem statement is essentially the nucleus, it's the essential statement that really drives the case statement. And so the evidence that supports the problem statement could change. The economy is changing, the demographics are changing, fundraising is changing in terms of ways of giving is changing, the population you're serving is changing, the numbers are changing. So the problem statement will continue to change because the evidence is changing that supports the the problem statement. Right. So the problem statement basically is, you said, I I like the word nucleus. This is what our nonprofit is addressing. And here is why donors should help. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better. And yet it's something that is often overlooked. So if you were to ask, for example, any nonprofit organization, if you were to go to their board of directors, and then you were to ask them, you know, what problem are you addressing? You wouldn't be surprised to get a lot of different answers. Mm-hmm. And, and the same thing even with the operational staff. So folks really need to understand the actual problem that the organization is addressing. And again, making sure that 
there's evidence that supports that problem statement. And the reason for that, if you're looking to create something that you can't see, whether it's whether it's a facility or whether it's a logic model plan for growth and so forth, you have to make sure you have the evidence that supports that plan. And because your donors are going to say, well, where's the evidence? Show me the evidence and, and, and how much money do you need? Why do you need the money? Where's the evidence that supports what the problem you're addressing? Yeah. And you have to have the answer to that. So the evidence to the problem statement is is, is very important. I've always said, if, if you know, faith is something you can't see, but the evidence is there. And in fundraising, typically major gifts, just about every major gift I've ever brought in required a lot of faith. It was something that you, you couldn't see, whether it's brick and mortar, a facility, or whether it's a new operation or new program that you're creating. You have to make sure you've got plenty of evidence there to show that with funds coming in, you're going to be successful reaching that because the evidence is there supporting it. So the evidence has to support the problem statement. So would you say that the best way to attract new donors is to have a well-written case statement? Absolutely. And the case statement can be written for a specific project or a specific campaign. This is such great information, Dr. Trena. We're going to take a quick little pause here so folks can catch their breath, maybe refresh their coffee, and of course, most importantly, change pages because I know folks are taking a bunch of notes. You are listening to Impactability, the Nonprofit Leaders Podcast. Major gifts are the ultimate source of funding for nonprofits. They can help fulfill your mission and achieve your vision. Having a strong major gifts program should be a priority, but where do you begin? The best place to start is with Sukup Strategic Solutions. We create transformational change by working collaboratively with you to raise funds. Our fundraising consultants will assess your organization's fundraising capacity and develop a plan that serves as a blueprint for your fundraising success. Visit our website today at SukupStrategicSolutions.com and schedule a free consultation. That's S-O-U-K-U-P StrategicSolutions.com. When it comes to major gifts, the effort you put in can make all the difference, and Sukup Strategic Solutions can show you how. Welcome back to Impactability, the Nonprofit Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Turner. We are talking with Dr. Lou Trena all about the case statement and how vitally important a case statement might be for your nonprofit. So what should the case statement tell the prospective donor? It should tell them that their funds, their money that they're giving you, with the proper evidence that you're supporting with that investment they're making in your organization, that uh, you're going to have outcomes that will impact the problem that this organization is addressing with that particular initiative or program that they're raising money for or facility they're raising money for. Mm -hmm. Donors want to make sure that their money is properly invested. They want to really make sure what the money is going to do and what problems it's going to address. What is it going to fix and allows you to do that? I think now the next question's got to be, who should write the case statement? This is a tough document to write. Well, that's a great, great question. <laughs> I think I think you just need a really good writer who can take all of this and, and really you know, articulate a very, very compelling message. I also I believe very strongly in video. And once you have this case statement done, it's powerful. Uh, you want to make sure you, you follow up with a strong uh, video presentation on mm -hmm. the case. It's very powerful. All of the nonprofits who are listening to us right now, 
are thinking to themselves, we don't have a case statement. We have to have a case statement. Uh, is a case statement something that is for a special, like a capital campaign, or is it something that you can have that just describes what your mission is and what your nonprofit does? It's often assumed that you, you only use case statements for a specific project or campaign. Okay. Mm -hmm. But I would strongly recommend that every organization go through this because the organization, I think every organization needs to have a case statement. And I think folks want to know what, what problems are you solving? What are you really solving? What I'd like you to do at this point is give us some do's and don'ts when it comes to a case statement. Problem statement, evidence that supports it, strong introduction, background on the organization, why they're doing what they're doing. Uh, definitely the outcomes in terms of what can be expected uh, with the support of a donor or a support of a foundation. And I think as you get into campaigns, you can also put opportunities for giving what those, those opportunities would present. Uh, but what you don't want to do is you don't want to work in a vacuum. And I, I really do like your question, Joe. You really want to be able to test the case statement uh, with others that are out there. And there's no reason why you can't do that without having to have a campaign. You can work internally with your uh, senior leadership teams, with your board of directors, with committees, and, I, and even going out in the community with, with interviews, not interviews, but meetings you're having with your donor population. You can talk about the problem statement that you're addressing, the evidence that supports it, and just get feedback from your donors. But clearly, I love the idea of testing the case statement, maybe working with your leadership to come up with the problem statement, the evidence, and then writing it up and then testing it, whether it be in a campaign, with a campaign study, or whether it just be done internally. You know, I did, for example, we did a study recently, and this had to do with affordable housing. And the, case, and the problem statement was we're providing affordable housing for folks that are living in um, deplorable conditions, hard conditions and allowing them to be able to have a real home. You know, and there's a power, I thought it was a very powerful case statement, but the feedback came back saying, it's not going far enough. It needs to be more about emancipation, saving lives than, than about, you know, giving someone a home. And so that was really powerful messages coming back that said, you know, we, we can make this thing even stronger. And is there evidence to show that we can potentially emancipate a population of people with affordable housing? Absolutely, the evidence is there. So now when you talk to your donors about, you know, what their money is going to do, it's not just about affordable housing. Now it's about emancipation, providing an opportunity for these children that uh, without this help, without these, without a home, uh, wouldn't be able, you know, would, would have so much more difficulty to be able to have a, um, you know, healthy and meaningful life. We're speaking with Dr. Lou Trena about major gifts and we're on the subject of case statements. And Dr. Trena, how can a case statement help your nonprofit? The case statement needs to be powerful. You know, if you if you do the the analytics, it'll be a powerful database now that can give us a lot of really good information about our, our donor base and our prospect base. And, and if we just use analytics to project out what you could raise, for example, it's really only going to give you half of the equation. If you have a weak board, and if you have a board that doesn't have a powerful case for support. And if you don't have a really understanding of that, the results of that database in terms of the way donors want to give and how they give and why they give, it's not going to go as far as another organization that may not have that database, may not have the history, but they have a very passionate board that's engaged and a powerful case for support. And that organization, that young one, without that strong database, is the one that's going to be more successful. I truly believe that. And, and so it's, it's, it's kind of interesting because 
the, the power of a, of a board that's passionate and the case for support that's so compelling with evidence um, goes such a long way that it can overcome not having the perfect database of donors and the perfect years of experience that work to charities have. It can overcome a lot. And so the I always like looking at doing the empirical piece, the analytical research. And I always like doing the qualitative field research. And I always like comparing those two, those two worlds. Mm-hmm. And usually somewhere in the middle of those two worlds is where you need to be. And that's originality. But uh, but a lot of times there's usually a gap between the analytics and, and the qualitative research. And um, I've always been fascinated by that. And typically when I work with charities, um, I look at that gap and I can figure out an innovative way in which they can move forward that um, will allow them to be successful. Dr. Lutrena has been our guest on Impactability, the Nonprofit Leaders Podcast today. Dr. Trena, this has been outstanding information. We're going to get you back again real soon and discuss more about major gifts and some of these excellent topics that you've been speaking on today. Thank you so much for your time. We really do appreciate it. Thank you, and I always uh, enjoy working with you. time now for Coach's Corner. This is where we take your questions and pose them to our coaches to get some responses, get some answers for you, and hopefully they're going to be helpful tips to help you move along your nonprofit. Today's coach is Cheryl Sukup. She is the president of Sukup Strategic Solutions. And this, Cheryl, I have to say, this is a tough question. So good luck with this one. The question is, we've been stuck at the same level of income for the last three years and can't seem to break through. What can we do to break through and raise more? Now, Cheryl, on Coach's Corner, you're given five minutes, and your five minutes starts right now. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate the opportunity to answer this question. Regarding increasing your revenue, your income for your nonprofit, there are many ways that you can do that. But the number one thing to consider when you are really in a rut is diversifying your revenue streams. Are you raising money from a variety of different methods? Do you have program income? Do you have grants? Do you have income coming in from special events? And do you have income coming in from online fundraising and from gifts coming in from individual donors, from cultivation and whether or not that's major gifts or other types of cultivation for donors that are part of a larger group of donors at lower giving levels? So my question for you would be, have you looked at the three-legged stool? So once you've figured out, okay, yes, I have diversified my income streams. Now you need to take a look at the three-legged stool, which for nonprofits, if you do these three things, then you will be raising more money through fundraising. First is to acquire new donors. There's so many ways to acquire new donors, but looking at the strategies that you're using to bring in new donors and really push to set some goals that will allow you to stretch the limits beyond where you've been in the past. So you're really looking at numbers and uh, quarterly reviewing those numbers, even maybe monthly, and pushing to increase the number of new donors that you're acquiring. At the same time, you need to retain existing donors. And a lot of donor retention has to do with communicating with donors, making sure they understand the impact that their gifts are making through your nonprofit, and then helping to make sure that they feel appreciated at all times. So there's many strategies for that. And we have a lot of information about that on our Impactability website. 
And then finally, increasing average gift size. And the best way to look at increasing average gift size, it again, has to do with retaining your existing donors, same kinds of things, stewarding your donors and making sure they really know that they're appreciated and understand what an impact their gifts are making. But also really pushing each donor to increase their giving year after year after year. And one way to do that is to take a look at your donor data and understand who is giving and try to take the top donors in your database and move them through the donor development cycle. Really cultivating those that have the largest capacity, propensity, and affinity for your mission, the capacity to give, the propensity to give, and the affinity to your cause. And making sure that they are the donors that you are working most closely with and communicating with in ways that they want to be communicated with. And you know that if you are in close communication with them, you will understand if you ask how they prefer to hear from you and communicate with you. So I think that's the key thing. And these would be your major gift prospects, your major your donors from whom you expect to receive a major gift or a gift that is at or above the threshold that your organization has set for what you consider to be a major gift. And for a small organization, that might be quite small, like $1,000 or $5,000. And for some larger organizations, a major gift is in the $50,000 to $100,000 or more category. So thinking about that, those three things, acquiring new donors, retaining existing donors, and increasing your average gift size, If you do all three of those things in the same year, you will raise more money than you had raised the previous year. So thinking about focus as a nonprofit, you have so many different things that you're thinking about all of the time, maintaining focus on these three things, as well as diversifying your revenue streams, that will help you break through that rut. So I hope this has been helpful for you. And if you'd like more information about fundraising and these types of strategies, please visit the Impactability website. Sounds good, Cheryl. That's a great way to answer that question too. I thought it was tough, but you seem to handle it real well and we appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Joe. If you've got a question for Coaches Corner, we want to hear from you. Email them to us at impactcoaches at impactability.net. Again, that's impactcoaches at impactability.net. And if you want to reach me, my email address is joe.turner at impactability.net. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast app, and that way you'll get new episodes downloaded just as soon as they come out. Also, please give us a review or a rating so that your peers in the nonprofit industry can find us as well. I'm Joe Turner. Thanks for listening, and thank you for all you do to make the world a better place through your nonprofit.